0: What up, son? It's the Tale of the Tapes, the fuck life! You know what saying? Alright, Tale of the Tapes, Season 2, Episode 45. On today's episode, we got Big Noid and Razkaz. So, for anyone who's not aware, Big Noid was affiliated with Mobb Deep, and that's kind of mainly what I knew of him. I had heard him on a couple of, like, Mob Deep features and stuff like that, but I never had any of his solo albums or heard any of his solo songs or anything like that. Um, I'm not really sure that I heard enough of him to give a fair assessment prior to this study, but I never really thought he was anything special. I kind of just figured he would finish, like, relatively low overall, and that's not to say that I disliked him or thought that he wasn't good, but just looking at you know, the categories in the study and things like that, it, you know, when I started to get up to him, uh, you know, I just couldn't really figure out how he was going to finish very well in this study, but that doesn't mean that he won't. So I've been surprised before and I've been dead wrong before. So Razkaz, I didn't really know much about at all either, other than the fact that he was from the West coast. Um, I don't remember ever hearing anything with Razkaz in it. I'm sure that I did because there's plenty of West coast rappers that I listen to and, I was a big fan of Cannabis and then I heard some Horseman shit and stuff like that. So there were definitely songs that I had heard with Razkaz, but there was nothing off the top of my head where like, if you said, have you heard a song with Razkaz, like I couldn't tell you any songs that had Razkaz in it. So I personally didn't have much of an expectation on him, but I did hear from a couple of people that Razkaz was pretty dope. So obviously I'm always curious to see how people finish regardless, but I'm overly curious about four main things when it comes to this study. I'm overly curious about people that I really dislike. I'm overly curious about people that I really like. I'm overly curious about people that I know are either really good or really bad in one particular category. And I'm overly curious about people that have been suggested to me, Yo, listen to this dude, this dude is dope, or I love this dude, or I'm telling you this dude's gonna finish mad high in your study and shit like that. I'm always really, really overly curious about those four things. Those are like, when it comes to this study, those are like the four things that I live for right there. So both of these artists today came out in 1996, but Noid's album was out first, so we'll start off with Big Noid. Birth name Tawan Akeem Perry, born May 7th, 1975. Origins New York City, United States. Genres are listed as East Coast Hip Hop and Hardcore Hip Hop. And his years active are listed as 1993 to present. So I hope I pronounced that name right. And again, please, I, I really don't want, this hasn't happened, but I don't want people attacking me for things that are not hip-hop related that I'm not aware of. Right? I claim to have a lot of knowledge on hip-hop. I certainly don't claim to know it all. I do claim to have a lot of knowledge on both listening to hip-hop, being around hip-hop, and creating hip-hop. That is for sure. What I don't claim to have a lot of knowledge on is people's outside lives. I'm not a big dude on, like, reality TV shows and shit like that, so I don't watch none of these love and hip-hops. I don't I don't watch any of this shit. I don't really know what goes on in these people's lives other than what they speak about on their songs. I don't really know these people's government names and things like that. So, again, I apologize to any of these people. I doubt they're ever going to hear it, but... You know, I don't want to mispronounce anybody's name, obviously, but that is not something that I claim to have a lot of knowledge on, is rappers' government names. So, most of these people, even some people that I'm fans of, I don't even know their government names until I get up to them and read their biographies and shit like that. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea that was that dude's name. So, but anyway... Big Noid hasn't put out anything in over 10 years, so I can't speak on behind-the-scenes stuff or what he is or isn't currently involved in, but no solo works for over a decade. So let's read up on a bit of background information on Big Noid now. Tawan Akeem Perry, born May 7th, 1975, better known by his stage name Big Noid, is an American rapper from Long Island City, New York. He is closely affiliated with Mob Deep and is featured on all their albums except Blood Money. So again, like I've spoke about many times before, that background basically just echoes my opening opinions on Big Noid with him being affiliated with Mobb Deep and stuff like that, so let's just move right into my write-up on Big Noid. I was always a pretty big Mob Deep fan, so I had heard Noid's name many times and had heard plenty of verses from him, but never listened to a Big Noid album or even any of his own personal songs to my recollection. Even though I liked most of the things I had heard from him, I didn't expect much of him in this study. Lyrically, he pleasantly surprised me a bit, I'm not gonna lie. Early on, he was a bit all over the place with some good rhyme schemes, but also run-on bars and some shortcuts. He didn't have an overabundance of great lines, but there weren't very many weak ones either, and although he didn't have too many topical songs, he seemed okay at keeping a topic when he did. From his second album on, he definitely stepped his game up, and although a lot of his rhymes were random or about a lot of the same things, he became consistently very good with using different rhyme schemes and finished above average lyrically. Noid qualified seven albums for scoring, all of which were good except one, which was average. Of his 88 total songs, none were great, but 25 were good and only one was weak. Aside from being featured on Mob Deep songs, even some hip-hop heads surely haven't heard of Big Noid. Although he did have the Mob on his songs as well, he was certainly never able to garner the commercial success that they did, and he only really influenced the likes of 50 Cent. Noid was, for the most part, your typical New York gangster rapper both in image and content. Although he was relatively original with his rhyme style and maybe a couple of songs, other than that there was nothing there to give points for as far as originality is concerned. So let's just jump right into the math here for Big Noid and see how it comes out for him. Lyrics, he gets a six. And like I said, I was pretty pleasantly surprised by this. And I I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, how there's kind of this process that I go through when raising or lowering people's lyric scores. And it's not easy to get your lyric score lower to raise. Now, obviously, when you first start, you know, in whatever the first song is that you're being judged on, Obviously, it's much easier to lower or raise the score at that point because it's just one song. So whatever you do on that song is going to be what your lyrical score is. But the process of raising the lyrical score is is not an easy one. It's not something that you just jump around very easily. So a six may not sound that good, but I'm telling you, these people that are sixes are, are pretty good lyricists. These are not bad rappers at all. I don't give that number six out relatively easily so anybody that's got a six deserves that six and a six is pretty good six and a half is kind of where it gets taken to this this level of if you're gonna talk about lyricists you probably want to at least include most of those six and a half people seven is where i feel like it starts to get to that elite level like sevens and above i really like dope lyricists. I mean, these are just guys that flat out, if you have a conversation about lyricists, these guys should be in that conversation. These dudes are lyricists. Seven is a really good score. Again, it's nothing amazing. It's not a nine and a half. It's not a 10. But I, I'm just trying to reiterate that getting a six or a seven is certainly not easy. So that score of a six is solid. Pretty solid lyricist here for, for Big Noid. Albums, he gets a 4.24 with zero classics. Like we spoke about, I believe it was seven albums. Um, Six of those seven were good. One was average. Didn't have any classics. Songs, he gets a minus 0.11, which came from, I believe it was 88 songs. And he didn't have any great songs, but he only had one weak song. So, that came out to a minus 0.11. Impact, he gets a four. Like I spoke about, he had you know, a clear influence on 50 Cent. I believe 50 Cent either took like a beat or a song topic or something like that from Big Noid. He got something from Big Noid. I forget what it was, but it was clear and it was obvious. Um, but other than that and, you know, being on some Mob Deep songs and having Mob Deep on some of his songs, and I, I want to talk about this really quick for a second because I, I just keep seeing more and more of this shit as time goes on, and it actually kind of irks me. So I want people to understand And I'm probably going to get shit for saying this. Any rappers that hear this are probably going to give me shit. But you know what, bro? I'm just just an honest dude. I'm just a real dude. I'm going to tell it how it is. I'm going to call it like I see it. And I believe in my skill and my talent. So I don't really give a fuck what parts of this industry I expose that aren't to rappers' benefits. Because if you're good, then you shouldn't have to fucking worry about it, quite frankly. So I want people to understand that... Whoever you are that's listening to this right now, okay? whether I know you or not, if I called you right now and I said, yo, you want to do a song with 50 Cent and you said, I don't rap. And I said, it don't matter. I just want to know if you want to make a song with him. Why? Do you know him? No, I don't know him, but I could get you to do a song with him. Okay. How? I'll hit you right back. Okay. I go through my process. I I get emails, I get contacts. You speak to people, you discuss, "Hey, listen, I have an artist here that wants to do a song. We have the beat, we have this, we have that. How much does it cost for 16 bars from 50 cents?" They give me a price. Whatever the fuck it is. Let's say it's $50,000. I have not a clue. Could be $500, could be a million dollars. Don't know. Don't care. Okay, cool. Yeah, $50,000. Okay, yeah, no problem. My my dude's, you know, my dude's budget is crazy. That that's no big deal at all they're going to you know they're going to give you the information for the management team who to who to make everything out to where where who you're paying you know the money to yada yada give you a receipt this and that you conduct business like a professional you get your 16 bars you now have a song with 50 cent you do not have to be good to work with somebody you do not have to be established to work with somebody now I'm not literally saying that any single person in the world that you name me I can get you on a song with that's not what I'm saying I am saying that there are well over a hundred well known people that I could certainly get you on a song with for the right price. Now, do you have that money? Do you have 50 G's to blow on a feature? Probably not, but some people do. And I see people doing this shit. I see people paying five grand, ten grand for features. These people are terrible artists. And I'm not saying that to be a dick, I'm just being real. Terrible artists, but because they're paying money to people, okay, well, this is a job. You're paying me to work, right? If I'm a plumber, and so-and-so says, yo, I'm gonna give you 10 grand to come fix my pipes, I'm not gonna turn around and say, like, I don't like the way you dress, bro, I'm not fucking taking your 10 grand and fixing your pipes, that's my job, bro, I'm a plumber, you pay me to fix your pipes, I'm gonna come fix your pipes, right, these dudes rat, that's their job, you're gonna, I, I charge 10 G's for a 16, okay, cool, here's 10 G's, okay, cool, here's my 16, so, the reason I'm saying all this is I I don't really know. To me, from what I gather, I've covered Mob Deep and I've covered Big Noid. So from what I can gather from listening to Mob Deep's music, listening to Big Noid's music, watching Mob Deep interviews, watching Havoc interviews, watching Prodigy interviews, reading up on both of them, um, covering you know Big Noid, listening to Big Noid interviews, reading up on Big Noid things like that. That doesn't really seem to be the case with these people. And I'm not saying that no monies are ever exchanged anytime that they work with each other. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that it's probably not just a strictly business type of thing where Big Noid is getting the same deals that a random no name is going to get when they call and ask what's the price for a 16 or that they're not doing each other favors or doing some shit for free or whatever. I don't know what they're doing, but the point I'm trying to make is that I can't just say well, Noid was on every Mob Deep album except for one. He was on, you know, at least a song on every album except one. And he did have Mob Deep on a couple of his songs. So, I mean, he did do something, right? Okay, cool. Well, he got a four in Impact. He didn't get a two. So, yeah, he did do something. But like I just pointed out, the fact that he's on Mob Deep albums or he has a feature on Mob Deep albums or the fact that Mob Deep has a feature on a couple of his songs or a couple of his albums or whatever, that in itself... Really almost means nothing because anybody can essentially get that. Again, not saying that's what Noy did, not saying I didn't give Noid any credit for being on Mob Deep's albums and for have, uh, having Mob Deep on his albums because I did, he got a four. But I'm just trying to make a point that you can't just say, well, he did shit with Mob Deep, so he's, you know, he's established. So. Gets a four there for Impact. And again, that's coupled with other things. Only Influence, 50 Cent, and stuff like that. So it's not just that fact. But, you know, it's everything. There isn't too much there to give him aside from the fact that he worked with Mob Deep a bunch of times. And originality, he gets a four and a half. Like I spoke about, that just came from kind of the same thing as the Impact. There really just wasn't much there to give Noid for originality. It wasn't really that he did anything that hammered him in this category. Like he was doing super unoriginal things like copying styles, or, you know, rapping like he was from somewhere else that he wasn't from, or dressing like he was from somewhere else, or something like that. But the point that I'm trying to make is that there also wasn't anything to go above average. He didn't really have very many original song ideas. There really wasn't too much original about the way that he rapped, or the things that he rapped about, or his overall message. There really wasn't much original about his image, or the way that he dressed, or his slang, or anything like that. So, All that kind of just remains even when a person is just themselves and is just normal and stays true. Okay, good. You're average, right? But like I said, we have the typical New York shit. So you got to lose a little bit for being typical. So just below average with a four and a half there. And like I said, there just wasn't anything else to balance it out. There wasn't anything else to bring it back to even to give him credit for like that. So below average scores in those last two categories there. You add those five numbers up, and you divide by five, and that gives you a final rating of 3.37, which leaves Big Noid in 155th place of 184 artists done overall. So, not a good finish there for Big Noid, and this one's a little bothersome to me, because here we have a guy who's got an above average score of 6 lyrically, and finishes in the bottom 20% overall. So, I obviously don't like seeing that. But, you know, I mean, I there's nothing I could do about it. It is what it is. We have below average scores in both impact and originality. And, unfortunately, the six is just not enough to make up the ground loss with those below average scores. But, big shout out to Big Noid, man. For sure. Not a bad lyricist at all. Did his thing. So, now, with Noid covered, let's move on to Razkas birth name is John R. Austin IV, also known as the Waterproof MC and Razzy, born September 25th, 1973 in Los Angeles, California, origins listed as Carson, California, United States, genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1994 to present. I personally never heard those aliases before, but again, I'm not overly informed on Razcast, so... I guess that shouldn't come as a big surprise to me, so let's read up on some background info on RazzCast now. John R. Austin IV, born September 25th, 1973, better known by his stage name RazzCast, is an American rapper. He is a member of the hip-hop supergroup The Horseman, along with Cannabis, Killer Priest, and Corrupt. He is also a member of the group Golden State Warriors with Exhibit and Saphir. About.com ranked him number 30 on their list of the top 50 MCs of our time from 1987 to 2007, while Pitchfork Media called him one of the best rappers of all time. So, not too, too much there for Razkaz, just some groups that he was involved in and stuff like that, but we do see some high praise from a couple of credible sources, which I told you earlier that I have heard before. From random, sporadic, you know, people and statements, fucking RazzCast is dope, bro. I've never really particularly heard anybody, aside from Pitchfork Media, call him the greatest rapper of all time, or one of the best rappers of all time, but I definitely have heard people praise RazzCast, especially lyrically and shit like that, so let's read up on my breakdown of RazzCast and see if I deem those to be accurate. I was familiar with the name RazzCast, but personally don't think I could have named a single song of his. Early on he had some decent lines but took so many shortcuts to deliver them that it somewhat took away from their greatness. He certainly showed a good vocabulary but also didn't rhyme sometimes. As time went on he definitely got more consistent with fine-tuning his technicalities while still managing to keep pumping out dope lines and cool wordplay without sacrificing one for the other. Overall he finished well above average lyrically. Razkas qualified 12 albums in total for scoring. Six solo albums and five collaboration albums including two albums and EP with The Horseman and an album each with producers DJ Rhettmatic, Apollo Brown and Jack Splash as Semi Hendrix. Two of those albums were good, eight of them were great, one was a classic and the EP was on its way to being a classic had it been a full length album. I do, however, feel it needs to be noted that both of his best albums were with his group, and he was never able to manage a classic album on his own. Of his 162 qualified songs, 15 were great, another 72 were good, and only one was weak. Over 50% of his music was good or better. While Raskaz isn't necessarily a household name, especially outside of the West Coast hip-hop community, He also isn't an unknown and did have influences on artists like Fabulous, Jay-Z, Mace, Eminem, and a couple of others. Raz's rhyme style was certainly abstract, especially early on, but a little later his voice seemed to shift to a similar tone to that of a mix between Be real of Cypress Hill and Agala. While they didn't seem too often to follow the trends of what everyone else was saying, he was pretty contradictory with his message on racism and religion. Overall, though, he was pretty original with his sound and his rhyme style. So some mixed stuff there for Razkaz. A little bit of, you know, things on both ends of the spectrum, but it sounded like more positive than negative for sure to me. So let's get into the math here for him. Lyrics, he gets a six and a half, and I actually remember Razkaz being close to a seven. So if Razkaz comes out with another album and goes ballistic on it or kills it or whatever, he's probably going to change to a seven, and he's probably going to be moved up a bit pretty substantially because you have to think about the dynamics behind that, right? If he's good enough on that album to be moved up to a seven lyrically, that means the album is going to get a good score and there's probably going to be at least one great song on it. So the lyric score, the album score, and the song score would probably all be raised. Now, if he does something super original, maybe the originality score is raised. The impact score probably isn't going to get raised, but I'm just trying to make a point that, Raskaz was dope lyrically, man. Like I said, early on, it wasn't that he wasn't saying dope shit. He was saying dope shit. It was just that in order to say these dope things, he had to take like these shortcuts and, and things like that. So it kind of was give and take, and it, it took away from some of the great things that he was saying. But like I said, as time went on, he was able to tighten up some technicalities, and he, his 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 bars didn't suffer from it. He didn't have to stop saying dope lines in order to, to tighten up his technicality. So I thought that was very impressive the way that he was able to grow like that as time went on. And he was able to kind of keep his abstract style and keep what made him dope. While he kind of was able to push his technical difficulties off to the side and, and into the background. But overall, really solid stuff lyrically there from Raz Like I said, I spoke earlier about how that six is a solid score. His is six and a half, just about a seven. And like I said, that seven to me, in my head when I picture it, that seven is kind of where that elite level starts. The seven and a half, eight range is where people start to become, they use the term in hip-hop, aliens. Like... People that are above eights and shit like that, these are people to me that are like unreal and untouchable. Like I, I don't even, it's hard for me to comprehend and explain how certain people can do certain things with words. Those are the people that are like eights and above and shit like that. But six and a half, a really, really solid score. Albums, it gets a 5.61 with one classic. And that's another really, really solid score. But again, I do want to reiterate, the classic was with the group. And the EP that was with the group was on course to be a classic, but was only an EP, so they can't get the extra point for that. But, you know, it does need to be noted that two group albums with The Horseman were both getting above a score of a 2.0, and then none of his solo works or any other things that he did ever received a score of above 2.0. So, doesn't mean he can't do it, doesn't mean he's not capable of it, it just means that it needs to be noted. But he does register the one classic album. Songs, he gets a plus .87, and that's a pretty damn good score. We talk about it all the time. Plus or minus a full point is is where it really starts to become a factor. Because when it's a full point, you have three numbers here. When it's a full point, that's when you start to get the 0.2 of of an addition to your overall score. So it starts to mean something at that point. A half a point, you're going to get a point one. It's like, all right, you may move up a slot or two or something like that, but you're only really getting a point one overall. When you get to that full point range, you're getting that point two because it's divided by five. So you're adding a point two to your total score. So plus 0.87 for Razkaz there. That's a solid song score. Like I said, he had 162 qualified songs in total. 15 of those were great with only one being weak, so... Solid stuff there when it came to songs for Razkaz. Impact, he gets a five and a half. And quite honestly, I, it went to above average for me just based on like two things. The fact that I had heard Razkaz's name brought up from people like, yo, Razkaz is fucking dope. Like I knew going into Razkaz. All right. I'm, wh- I spoke about it in the beginning of the episode. The four things that really piqued my curiosity in this study. Right. And one is when people tell me about somebody that I don't know about, like, yo, I'm telling you, bro, this dude's going to be dope. Telling you, bro, Razkaz from the West Coast, he's fucking nice. And it was like, all right, I'll see when I get up to him. I don't really know. You know what I mean? But that counts for something. You understand what I'm saying? The fact that people are saying that to me and I'm not from the West Coast and I wasn't on the West Coast when I was hearing it. That has to count for something. When your name is ringing bells across country, even though you're not selling a massive amount of albums and you're not selling out and you're not necessarily doing what everybody else is doing and things like that, but I'm still hearing in Staten Island, New York that Raz is dope, right? So I just think that that coupled with the fact that, no, we don't have a major list of people influenced, but look at the people influenced. He influenced Fabulous, Jay-Z, Mace, Eminem, and a couple of others. Those are pretty solid fucking names. So it's safe to say that some really good... We got Jay-Z sitting in second place overall right now. And Jay-Z took some things from Razzcast, okay? So to have the number two rapper of all time taking things from you is... It says something. So I think that those two things combined right there just bring him to above average. And that's really it for Impact. There wasn't really much there to give him... Or much to take away it's not that he didn't have any successes it's just that he didn't do anything too crazy to raise his score otherwise and then originality he gets a seven and a half like i spoke about a little bit more original early on a little bit more abstract and original earlier on but he was able to, to tighten up and fine-tune some technicalities while still keeping his originality but it wasn't as original in the beginning and that's not because he tightened up the technicalities necessarily. Maybe a tiny little bit, but probably not enough to affect the score. But the voice and his his contradictory views on racism and religion and stuff like that, um, just a couple of things like that started to falter over time and you know, maybe took a little bit away where he might have gotten closer to an 8 or something like that in this category, but I'm not trying to downplay this score at all, though. Like I said, overall, he was pretty original with his sound and his rhyme style and stuff like that, and and 7.5 is a very, very solid score, so I don't want to downplay that. Really good, pretty good numbers across the board here for for Razcast. So you add all those 6 numbers up because we do have the extra point for the classic album. You add the 6 numbers up and you divide by 5, And that gives you a final rating of 5.40, which puts Razkaz tied for 28th place of 184 artists done overall. So a pretty decent finish there for Razkaz, who for the record is tied in 28th place with Common, who was recently just slid out of our top 10% overall list. So that's who Common had been tied with that entire time. But listen, man, Razkaz was solid. I definitely was not up on Razkaz at all, but... Well above average lyricist who could definitely definitely climb higher on this list should he put out more material in the future. But even his finish right here, should he stay like this, should still put him in like our top 75 overall when this is all said and done. So huge shout outs to Razcast, man, who I particularly wasn't really on board with before this study, but a super dope MC, no question. So now let's get into our list, starting as we always do with our top ten percent overall so far. In our top spot, we have Jay-Z, who's in 2nd place of 184 artists done overall. Behind him in 5th is Big L, and directly behind L is Nas, who's in 6th. Directly behind Nas in 7th is AZ, and directly behind him is Method Man, who's in 8th. A couple of slots back from Meth in 10th is Black Thought of the Roots. And in a tie, directly behind him is Tupac and Biggie, who are in a 3-way tie for 11th. Behind them, tied for 15th, is Pharaoh Monch, and behind him is KRS-One, who's in 18th. Directly behind KRS in 19th is Rock of Helter Skelter, and directly behind him is Proof, who's in 20th. Couple of slots back from Proof in 22nd is Jizza, and directly behind him is Sean Price of Helter Skelter, who's in 23rd. Directly behind Sean P is Slick Rick, who's in 24th place of 184 artists done overall. So neither artist here today able to crack our top 10% overall, so let's move on to our top 10% lyrically so far. In a four-way tie for our top spot, we have Pharrell, Manch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, and AZ, who all got lyrical scores of 85 Behind them, tied for fifth place, is Method Man and Jay-Z, who both got lyrical scores of eight. In a four-way tie behind them, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, who all got lyrical scores of seven and a half. Then in a three-way tie for 11th, we have KRS-One, Lord Finesse, and Sean Price, who all got lyrical scores of seven. And then in what is now a 13-way tie for 14th place, we have Will Smith, Rock Kim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers, Lazy Bone, Biggie, Tame One, Little Wayne, Rock of Helter Skelter, and Razzcast, who all got lyrical scores of 6.5. So... Razkaz not able to crack the top 10% overall list, but he does make his way into our top 10% overall lyrically so far. So, definite shoutouts to Razkaz and everybody else in that list for sure. Now, let's get into our decades list. We're going to obviously start with our 1980s. Your top 5 rappers to come out in the 1980s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LR Cool J. Peace to the OGs who paved the way, man. Now on to our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far. So your top five artists of the 1990s are Jay-Z, Big L, Nas, AZ, and Method Man. So again, an artist able to crack another list, but not the top five of the 90s so far. But that's fair after we've had Jay-Z come through and smash everything like he did last week. So... Now let's get into our new list that we started this session of our top three artists from each region of the country. We're going to start with our East Coast. Your top rapper to come out of the East Coast thus far is Jay-Z from Brooklyn, New York. In second, Big L from Harlem, New York, and in third, Nas from Queens, New York. Moving across to our West Coast, your top artist to come out of the West Coast so far is Tupac from Marin County, California. Behind him we now have Razkaz from Carson, California. And behind him is Ice Cube of N.W.A. from Los Angeles, California. Moving down south, your top artist to come out of the south so far is Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Behind him, Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia. And behind him, Big Boy of Outkast, also from Atlanta, Georgia. Moving over to our Midwest, your top artist to come out of the Midwest thus far is Proof from Detroit, Michigan. Behind him, we have Common from Chicago, Illinois. And behind Common is Crazy Bone of Bone thugs and harmony from Cleveland, Ohio. So Razkaz able to crack 50% of the list he was eligible for today, making his way into our top 10% overall lyrically and sliding into second place in our top West Coast rappers so far. So major shout out to Razkass for an impressive performance here unfortunately for Everlast, who is in our third and final spot of our top artists to come out of the West Coast so far, that means that he has now slid out of that list, but we still do have California occupying all three spots in that list, but all three are now different cities, so that's pretty interesting, but shouts to California for dominating the West Coast scene so far, and shoutouts to Razcast, Big Noid, and anyone else we named in any of these lists today. If you'd like to see any of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash podcast. On that site, you'll see lists of upcoming artists, people that didn't make the cut, people that were left out, explanations of things, episodes, pictures, etc. So if you can't keep up with every episode and you just want to see something, that's the place to check it out. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host website, you'll see a support button. Please hit that for your boy. I appreciate it. And that's it for today's episode, man. Next week, we have Exhibit and Big Psych, who was a friend of Tupac's and member of their group, The Outlaws. And I think there could be some surprises in this episode next week. So we might want to tune in. Tale of the Tapes. Peace. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well. Better off.